What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast, and how are you? I feel like I'm unhinged this episode. Poor Maya. Um, We're going to get to our amazing guest, but like, I feel like we were both like in a mood today. Well, what did I tell you when I clicked record before we clicked record? I said, I'm in the worst mood ever. And my anxiety is really high. However, our guest was amazing, made us laugh and it was the best 30 minutes, but I still am like coming down from the mess of my morning. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. I feel like we literally just did a podcast where I was like, I'm sick. And now I'm sick again. <laughs> um, that's just having a what child. What does she have daycare. this time? I, I Am I a bad mom? Like, I don't take her to the doctors. Like, oh, I just, I call not. them just to make sure I'm doing it right. And they're like, yeah, you don't need to bring her in. And like, especially because it's like, right now we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving. Like, they're like, oh, um, we're full. Like everyone's coming in before Thursday because everybody's sick. Well, I swear to you, Noah always gets sick at his well visits at, from the doctor's office because he like my son like licks garbage cans. Like I've said that before, but like I really mean it. Like I don't think people understand. And like I swear we leave when they're like, oh, he's perfectly healthy, and then he gets sick when we leave. <laughs> so like I get it. Yeah. So it's just she just has congestion and cough, and like she still sleeps on her back in the little magic Merlin suit. So like. Yeah, so imagine you when you're sick with a nasal drip and you're just like letting your nasal like, oh, I sound like shit, like just drip into your throat. Like poor thing is just coughing all night and waking herself up and, you know. That's how they get ear infections too because it doesn't drain. Now that I'm an expert on ear infections because we've had them forever. Wait, should we talk about my vacation? Yes, I want to hear about that really quick, but I do want to tell you, because I think it's hilarious, I need to send you a video. She loves the snot sucker. Loves it. Laughs. I've never heard that before in my life. So she hates the saline, but I can just like ninja that in real quick. And then, and then she loves the snot sucker. That's so lucky. See, that's a win. Win of the day. Good job. So that's, that's where we're at right now. But okay, I want to hear about your vacation. Well, I was just going to tell you about the part where I was texting. And I think this should be a whole other episode, like one of our mom chats, just about traveling with kids, because it's like the wild, wild west. Uh, It's like TikTok comments, like it's just a mess. Um, And long story short, no, was incredible. But the poor kid had an ear infection that after four days of an antibiotic, 
it was he was still pressing and he can communicate with me now and he's telling me ear hurts and I'm like oh god we've been on an antibiotic for four days I called the doctor they're like yeah that shouldn't be happening you know he should be having like relief like bring him back in let's check so you know his other ears of course infected they switched the antibiotics and now he's on he was on it for 10 days went off for two weeks, started four days of a new one because it came back, stopped that starting 10 days of a new antibiotic. And my like dietitian brain is like, this kid hates yogurt. So like he has no gut bacteria left from all these antibiotics. So I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Anyways, long story short, the day before we leave for our trip, the antibiotic diarrhea hits and we've gone through pants and sheets and all of these things. I'm just thinking to myself, like, we're going to get on a plane and he's going to shit through the car seat. And like, what am I going to do? Anyways, that didn't happen. He saved it till we got to the beach. We lost, we lost many outfits in Aruba. However, it seems to be feeling better. It's just like the most wild, like I've never in my life, like I used to love flying on a plane, like reading a book, watching a show. Like now I'm like, did you just poop? Did somebody else just fart? Like, what's that you? <laughs> what's that smell? <laughs> like a game. You go on a plane. What's that smell? Did someone it's shut their pants apart? <laughs> Uh yeah, flying. I saw a TikTok a mom put up the other day that was like, when you when you fly without a kid, it's like a vacation because you can like read your book or sleep or like have a glass of wine or do whatever you want. But like when you have your kid on the flight, it's like crazy. It was why why. And I've only flown with a baby baby. I've never. She done was that. just sucking my nipple the whole flight. Like, and I'm like. <laughs> It, it was easy. Like, you just knew, like, she's going to do that. I but- literally, like, every toy that I brought, like, I'm like, okay, this will buy me 10 minutes. Ten. How do I string together four and a half hours worth of 10-minute toys? <laughs> like, How much Cocoa Melon was on We there? watched a lot. of. At one point, the fucking flight attendant told me to turn it down. I was like, would you like him screaming? Or would you like people to hear wheels on the motherfucking bus? Okay. Like, tell me again to turn it down. (laughs) Oh, my God. Matt looked at me like he was like, her head's going (laughs) to pop. But other than the the diarrhea, it was was great. It was amazing. I I will say, if anybody has kids, it's a super kid-friendly place to go on vacation. It's definitely not inexpensive. Um, It's pricey to get there. But once you're there, like, it's just you don't need anything. Like, as long as your kid likes the beach, it's the best because they can run in and out of the water. It's super flat. Um, We had the best time. The water is so calm and clear too. I love it. I've oh, been there before. And warm. So pretty. Like, yes. And then we came back to this like winter vortex, but that's for another day. How about mm. your what the actual fork moment? Oh, such a good question. Why don't like, I, I need to like write them down. I feel like I, I hear You see stuff. probably so many of them and then it just like leaves your brain. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I saw one. What the fuck is this product called? I keep getting hit on TikTok with an ad and I'm like, is it colon broom? That is one, (laughs) but it's, it's that one. And then it's some bot body beyond bullshit. Oh, the book beyond body. Yes. Yes. So low budget marketing, but it's everywhere. No, it's fucking horrible. It was like this very thin white woman and she, it was like a TikTok. She was like, 
she's like not fitting into my pants before Thanksgiving. And then it was like, she was like sad. And then it like skipped to a frame of her, like dancing in front of the camera and her pants. And then it's like fitting into my pants before Thanksgiving because, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't, I don't even understand what the ad was for, but I just, I keep seeing, I think it's body it's a book. Yeah. It's a book. It's like some diet plan, but it's a book. It's like old school. I'm telling you, it's so, so low budget and so stupid. Like, I don't understand how they spent their entire marketing budget on TikToks. And they get these just like random creators, I guess, to, to, to just pretend that I guess that's all marketing, right? People yeah. just oh, pretending. Yeah. Pretending. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's so much, yeah, just insane. But anyways, so that'll be mine. Cause I feel like that was this morning. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, report, report. Like, why am I getting like cause I feel like I don't get a lot of that. But then that Cole, what's the one you just said? Colin Broom, which like I have to say, I definitely took the version of that and like 2006 like whatever was colon broom in 2006 like i was definitely taking oh you that. loved like anything that dealt with shit you were like oh I my god i don't know what was wrong with me like i know so many things were wrong with me, but like <laughs> that i was thinking about it and i know we're gonna release this in november or i'm sorry in december but like it's pre-thanksgiving right now and this is relevant to all holiday yes. talk so i'm yes. just gonna share it but like i i did a little reflecting on like holidays past (laughs) of my life um, before I posted something yesterday. And like, I have these very specific memories of before Thanksgiving. And I believe I've shared this before, but like taking diet pills or laxatives before going to a holiday function so that in my disordered dietitian brain, let me just make that clear in my head. And I had all of the science and I knew all of the education, right? Sometimes it doesn't matter when the disorder is so bad. I, in my head, it was like, whatever I eat doesn't count. Like did you shit yourself though. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I blacked <laughs> that out. Like, like, but did I spend the entire holiday not talking to anybody? Oh. Yes. Like, you know, like, and these are the things, and I write this so many times, but it's only on a podcast where, like, we can really get into it. But, like, you don't understand what you get, what is taken away from you in diet culture until you're out of it. And you realize that, like, there's a Thanksgiving, the last time I ever saw my grandfather before he passed away, God rest his soul, was a Thanksgiving. Like, thank God it wasn't my laxative one because that was the last time I ever saw him. He passed away the day after Christmas that same year. Right. And like I was in college, so I didn't see him. And like, you just don't know, like those, these holidays in 2022, like this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, this Hanukkah, this Kwanzaa, this holiday season, this is the only time it's going to happen. Right. And like, do you want to be present and make memories and talk to people and, you know, experience your family and, you know, your baby and all of these things? Or are you going to be micromanaging what's on your plate the whole time or so focused on just getting through it that you just don't enjoy it? That's so well said. And I feel like what you just did too was like an inception of our what the actual fork moments. Now you're making me think about it so differently that we can also in upcoming episodes share ourselves being the what the actual fork moment like that's what you just did like (laughs) you're like 
I was reflecting I was the on ultimate. my time <laughs> and I was taking a laxative before a holiday meal. Like what the actual fork? Like that's brilliant what you just did there. <laughs> like it it's it's wild. Like it's really wild. It's cr- it's embarrassing, but I don't have guilt and shame about it because I've been through it to now see the other side, right? But like, think about that aspect of it too. It's like you leave this holiday and you have guilt and shame about what you ate. You have guilt and shame about, you know, not spending time with your family. You have guilt and shame about all of these things that like, how could you possibly have any joy and happiness in like the happiest time of the year? Which I understand also, it's not the happiest time of the year for everybody, but for, you know, for me personally, like I I love the holiday season and maybe it's because I didn't celebrate it for so many years of my life, like mentally. That's yeah. Like you were physically there, but you weren't mentally there never. at all. Like, and I, I totally, like I never took a laxative before, but cause you're normal, but I was, <laughs> totally, but I was binging. I remember feeling so physically uncomfortable at like every holiday during my disordered years. So like, I, Totally feel you there. And yeah, just because you're physically there doesn't mean you're mentally or emotionally there or wanting to be there. Cause if you're disordered, you're probably like, I want to just get away from this food. I want to get this food and get it over with. Like you said, just like rushing through it. Um, so yeah, that's, just that's like beautiful. Out, right. Like just like get me out of here so I can get back to my routine. And I was thinking about that on my vacation too. Like this was the first vacation I've taken in probably like forever where like going to the gym wasn't even something that I thought about right because Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend every moment that I could with my family um making those memories you know also like realistically if I were to go to the gym it would mean I was my husband was like man on man (laughs) like that's not the easiest and it's also not what I wanted um and with that said you know vacations of the past for me too were all about like let me exercise so I could eat. Let me do this. And then let me just get through this so I could get home and get back to my routine. And when I got back to my routine, it was like, wow, like I just missed out on this entire trip wherever I was. Right. So it's this cycle that's like really scary and hard to break. And it leads us very well into the conversation that we had today with our guest. Have we even told everybody who we interviewed? I said Maya's name earlier because I was like, I feel like we were very unhinged for Maya. (laughs) Um, But we have Maya Marion Bryant on the podcast today. And shall I tee up her bio? Do it. So after dancing for 20 years, studying exercise science in undergrad um, and being beat up by diet culture and eventually falling into compulsive exercise and disordered eating, Maya sought to create something to help women flourish. During Maya's Master of Public Health program, she created a workout program, Raise the Bar. This addressed how women under immense pressure to maintain a certain body type that changes every decade and go on extreme diets and exercise plans to try and change their bodies. Those diets, they fail 95% of the time. And weight regains happen within one to five years. Her research project showed that we can help women feel better in their bodies without changing them, leading to the creation of Bar Empowered, a joyful movement, non-diet and body empowering approach to exercise that leaves you feeling uplifted, empowered, and inspired. And this conversation left me feeling all of those things too. (laughs) Absolutely. Without further ado, do you have anything else to add before we get into this episode? 
I don't think so. Other than I know Maya says this, but you can find her also on Instagram at bar empowered. Um, and just what a timely episode with the holidays for sure. Yeah. Stick around to the end for some major tips about your goals for exercise and what they should be or can be. Um, and enjoy everybody. Welcome back everyone to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, we are so excited to have the bar empowered Maya Marion Bryant with us here today. Maya, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. Um, There's so many things that I feel like as I scroll through social media um, that just make me think of things that we can chat about today. And I'm sure you know exactly where I'm going with this. However, before we jump right into it, Sam and I love to start these episodes with having our guests share something that either they've seen, they've experienced, they've heard. Um, anything that comes to mind as a moment that made you say what the actual fork, um, as it pertains to the industry that you are in recently, anything come up for you? Oh, I love it when, um, companies that are trying to be body inclusive, um, are also selling diet plans. (laughs) Is there something that, uh, you've seen recently that fits both of those categories? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell us more <laughs> um, so in a former life I used to be a beach body coach and when going back onto their website it said everybody's a beach body and then it said lose 10 pounds in 21 days I'm like okay so everybody's a beach body great that's freaking fantastic but then why do we need to focus on that intentional weight loss piece why can't we just exercise because it feels good wait is beach body the same one as I think her name's nutrition babe is that her is she the dietitian not sure. I don't know. I'm blocked by her on social media. <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know. But she posted something the other day that um, another dietitian st- like reposted and stitched. And it was literally, she was saying that there's no, there's no nutritional value to white rice, that it's just bleached sugar which doesn't make any sense at all in like so many ways, even when you say it out loud and people were tagging in the comments, like she's the dietitian for beach body. <laughs> so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you brought that up, Maya, because I feel like that's, it's such a simple yet complex topic, but, but tips for people as like the, the new year approaches, right? Like this new year, new you bullshit that like, So many companies now are co-opting anti-diet body inclusive language because they know that's what consumers are looking for. But then their messages like follow up with, but here's some intentional weight loss. So like for anyone listening, Maya just gave a perfect example as these next few months of diet culture get really fucking loud that you can like be one step ahead of the game of recognizing, okay, wait, this sounds body inclusive, right? This sounds great. Oh, nope. Red flag. They, they talk about intentional weight loss. It's diet culture because now these companies are making it really hard for people to know like what actually is anti-diet, what actually is body inclusive. So if there's any intentional weight loss tied to it, it's diet culture. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. All right, Jenna, you tell me, do you have a jumping off question? Cause I have one personally that I want to ask Maya. Oh, well then go for it, girl. Don't let I'm me like, feel this thunder. <laughs> okay. I, cause we talk a lot. Okay. Well, 
before I do that, right, I guess we should tell listeners a little bit more about Maya. I'm getting too excited because I'm like, ah, I want to pick Maya's brain. Um, so Maya, let's start there first. Tell our listeners all about you. You can take 30 seconds. You can take 30 minutes. How did you get to where you are today? And I love that you even shared that little nugget with us that like you used to be involved in Beachbody and now you're not. So how did you kind of transform personally, professionally into who you are today? Sure. So I grew up dancing, which is where bar comes from. That was kind of just a natural transition for me. So I did that for 20-ish years. Um, went off to college, studied exercise science, minored in dance. That was so fun to still be a part of dance in college because oftentimes that is something that will end in high school. And that wasn't the case for me, fortunately. Um, then I did my master's at Grand Valley. And that is when I started getting more into that diet culture. In undergrad, I was actually taught um, the different diets, taught um, keto and calorie counting and all the things. We had an entire class just dedicated to learning the diets for the purpose of the fitness industry. Um, So that's just what was normal. It was the expected thing to kind of be on the know about. Um, So then, of course, going into my master's program, in some ways, the things that I was doing were... Um, basically confirmed. Like I wasn't eating a lot. I was over exercising, but because of the space that the curriculum was taught from, those are some things that were kind of just like green light, you're good. Um, so then I got into my master's program and then c- kind of continued those same habits was went through weight loss, number one during undergrad, then number two, which was much more worse during um, my master's program. And what ended up happening is I saw, you know, people like you, amazing dietitians that were talking about diet culture. And at first I'm like, oh, these people just, they just aren't working hard enough. <laughs> that we see now. Um, so it took me a minute, but I continued to lean into it, listen and learn and learned and was able to heal my relationship with food and with fitness, I ended up taking a little bit of a break from fitness, actually, just because the way I was engaging with it was not healthy, it wasn't sustainable, and it didn't feel good. I was doing really, really intense exercises and not necessarily enjoying it just because that's kind of what I felt like I had to do. I ended up um, hurting my shoulder at some point, and it just was not a fun time. So anyway, continue to learn about the anti-diet movement and what that really means and not just what, you know, people that are health gurus are saying and you don't care about your health. Um, So continue to listen and learn. And then I ended up doing my master's um, on a project and it was entitled Raise the Bar. My master's is in public health. So I was looking at connecting uh, mental health, body image with exercise. So it was a group of college aged women and we did an exercise program. And the idea was that we would see improved mental health and improved body image just from the exercise alone. So not necessarily because your body's changing, just can we get those good endorphins? Can we say some positive body affirming language? Can we do affirmations? Can we incorporate elements of gratitude and help us feel better in our bodies, regardless of how they change, if they change at all as a result of exercise? So That program was entitled Raise the Bar, which was the um, former name of what is now Bar Empowered. And that is how I got here. Wow. That is so freaking cool. I can see Jenna's smile. I know. I'm so excited. 
I also know that one of the things that you said, Sammy was like feverishly typing. And I'm like, I know she wants to talk about that next because it's so you. Um, but that was such an amazing story. So Sam, answer or ask your next question. Well, I think as you were telling your story, I had a like a just kind of a light bulb moment of I said pretty much the exact same things as you. And I hear a lot of people say this when they first see the anti-diet message um, when coming from different privileges or experiences of saying like, you you see the anti-diet message, you see the intuitive eating message and you say, oh, those people just, they don't try hard enough, right? Like, and I cringe at myself. Like, I remember thinking that. Like, I remember being like, these people just, they don't get it. Like, they don't try hard enough. So can you share just, you know, for maybe people that are thinking that currently, maybe they're front fence straddling, right? They have one foot in diet culture. They have one foot in this anti-diet space. Like just anything that you're willing to share about how you kind of unpacked that belief system and and what came up for you there. Yeah. So one thing that um, worked well for me with fitness and um, food was to not completely just discard things, but to to get that education. That way we can be empowered to think through those things unlearn it and talk about why that's maybe not true. And then instead of just discarding it completely, we are replacing it with something. So with things like exercising every day. Okay. So that is fine, right? You don't necessarily have to, but it's, if it's something you enjoy and you're doing it in a healthful way, maybe one day it's a walk, maybe one day it's a little bit of yoga, some days mobility, some days strength training. Cool. But if we're doing it with the intention to say, well, I need to exercise every single day because I need to lose weight. That's different from, I want to exercise every day because it makes me feel good. And I know that I'm getting X, Y, and Z benefits. So it really comes back down to that intention. It's not necessarily that the behavior is wrong, but maybe the reason why you're doing it could be adjusted. I feel like I've experienced that this week. So we were on vacation last week. I intentionally took an entire week off because I really just wanted to be present on my vacation. And all I've wanted to do since coming back is like get to the gym because I I love my routine. I love the people and like life has just happened and I just haven't been able to. And so today, right before this episode, I was like, what is something that I could do for like literally 20 minutes that I'm not going to sweat because I want to show up nice on here today. Um, but it's going to make me feel good because I know my mood, my anxiety was so high this morning from like the life that happened that I, I needed something to move the energy around. And it just makes me think that like old version of me would have been racing to get back to the gym to undo my vacation. And now I'm like, what is something that I can do that literally is just like moving my arms up and down, like some sort of dance, something it was literally a bar class. So it was something that was just like really gentle that just made me feel more like me and like recentered me, which really leads me into the next question that I'd love to ask you. Your uh, master's project, mental health benefits of fitness. Like we talk about this all the time personally on this podcast, but I feel like a lot of times people have this connection that exercises solely for your physical body. Can you unpack a little bit more about the connections to mental health and movements? Yeah. So what we saw during the studies um, was that we saw improved mental health, but it was also kind of going into exam time. So maybe the students did have better mental health and were able to better cope with the stress of that. But they, we saw 
significant improvements in their body image more so than their mental health. But study after study shows us that um, maybe even seasonal depression. I'm looking at snow every single day. We're getting less sunlight. So just having that movement and getting those endorphins can help us feel better in our bodies. I love that. And I think something, this is like, my question is kind of playing off what you just asked too, Jenna is so we know that movement has these positive mental health outcomes, but then I'm going to use myself as an example. Cause I've talked about this on podcasts in the past. I have definitely struggled in the past with a disordered relationship with movement. And so movement and I are still on the rocks right now. And so for so many years, movement was something I had to do. It was only to change my body. I was like a hamster on a wheel, like on the elliptical for years. Like I could throw up if I look at an elliptical just because it like haunts me. Um, so I'm assuming, and, and, and I'm assuming, right, that rest is also important in your book, you know, when you chat with clients. So I would love to hear you talk about like rest as well, the importance of rest, but also when to know, like, how can you spot those red flags if like maybe movement isn't going to help your mental health? Because I know for me, like, I still notice patterns of black and white thinking with movement and all or nothing. And I know that I know where it comes from, like, but it's still hard for me. Like when I'm stressed, like I'm the opposite of Jenna where I'm like, I can't move. Like I I can't even think about movement that stresses me out. So just anything you can share on that with like rest or like how taking some of the baby steps on how to unpack your relationship with movement. Yeah, I think some of the biggest red flags would be if you are having extreme amounts of soreness and sometimes getting your body moving gently, of course, can help alleviate some of that because then you're getting more blood flowing and then your muscles can heal faster. But we could think about gentle things like maybe foam rolling or stretching or doing some yoga, something that is not going to make you more sore, but still gets your body moving in a more gentler way. Um, Some red flags, some other red flags would be maybe exhaustion, or if you're so stressed out that just adding something else to your plate is going to be more harmful than helpful. Yes, movement can be a tool to help us, but if we are doing it in a way that's not necessarily healthy to our bodies and to our minds and to all the other things that we have going on, then they that might not be the most beneficial thing at that point. Um, If you are having trouble doing exercises, we always want to execute them properly. That way we are avoiding injuries or other bad things that can happen as we're exercising. So if you are so sore or just not even in the headspace to move, I just wouldn't, honestly. Love that. Giving yourself permission to rest is huge. And also like not meeting that permission with guilt or shame, I think is a huge piece of it, which is definitely something I struggled with in my personal journey. Um, But something that you just said that I want to just highlight for everyone to hear is you mentioned having tools in your toolbox for mental health, right? And I used to be, this is like, so I like, can't even get the words out. I'm like nauseous, but I used to be the person that said like movement was my therapy. Like I don't need therapy. Well, like newsflash, like I needed a lot of therapy then and still do now. But I, that phrase to me is something that is like such a major red flag. Like, yes, movement can be therapeutic and movement can be part of the tools in your mental health toolbox to deal with the anxiety or any mental health need, but it can't be the only one. Like, do you see that a lot? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's important that we have many different coping mechanisms. I'm sure you all talk with your clients with this relating to food. Like, yes, we can do things that make us feel good, but let's make sure that we have a wide assortment because if we're always turning to that one thing, if it's always the cookie, then that's probably not the best coping mechanism as well. So the same kind of thing with movement. Could we maybe draw or could you take a break? Could you think about what you want your relationship with movement to look like? Could you think about maybe what caused the or relationship with movement in the first place and being able to unpack that, that way you can get to a graceful relationship with movement. Yes. That reminds me too of Jenna, when you said movement is therapy, like when people say like movement is medicine and like, again, maybe when some people say it, they don't mean it a certain way, but when I hear that, I'm like, like, no, like you're not going to run off cancer. You're not going to outwork diabetes, right? Like they're, they're like, yes, movement can have very, very, very beneficial health implications. But just like you said, like there's so many pieces to the puzzle, your relationship with food, your relationship with movement, your mental health, like therapy, like Jenna was saying, um, there's so many things that impact our health. So it's just, it's all under that like icky umbrella wellness that gets, um, or wellness umbrella, geez, where's my head at? Um, the wellness umbrella, I just kind of see of people hiding movement under it. Like it's, um, if they just move their body, everything's gonna, you know, be fixed. So I'm glad that it's so helpful to hear messages like yours that work in the rest piece as well. And knowing that movement's going to look different for everybody for sure. Mm. Is there anything else as we are kind of wrapping today that you're like, you know what, if I could have your listeners hear one one thing today, if they forget everything else that we said, but I just want them to hear this one message, what would you want them to hear? Mm, I think I would want people to hear that um, exercise is important, but it's also not the only thing in life. And if you don't enjoy your movement routine, then you probably aren't going to be consistent with it. So pick something that you genuinely love. That way it's not a torturous thing for you to do and say, oh, I have to go on a run and you don't want to run. You probably aren't going to stick with that very long. So pick something you enjoy that makes you feel good in your body that you can do for a lifetime, not for a 60-day challenge. I love that so much. I saw somebody post something the other day that was so powerful. I wish I remembered the creator's name. He's not in the fitness industry, but he exercises and he posted something and he was deadlifting something very heavy. And he said, I'm doing this because my father fell on the ground and I couldn't lift him up. And I just thought that was like, it really spoke to me because my mom and I had a conversation once and she said something like, I exercise to be able to chase as many grandchildren as I'll have. Right. But he had posted like my grip, my father is ill and he fell out of his wheelchair and I couldn't pick him up. So my motivation to move my body is if God forbid that happens again. I will be able to pick him up. And I think that's so powerful because we talk to people all the time about like, what is your why and what are your goals, right? And a goal for what you just said of movement for a lifetime is so important. And like, what can you see yourself doing for the rest of your life to make sure that you can keep up with your grandkids or support your elderly grandparents one day as well? So I just wanted to add that in there. I love that because I'm already like sore getting up and off the floor with Sienna. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, I got a lot of more years. I'm like, this is definitely some motivation or like 
picking her up. I'm like, I have like wrist pain. I'm like, mother's wrist is a thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I'm like, oh my gosh. So wait, not to be like a just wait kind of person, but like, wait until you put the crib down lower and you have to like bend over to pick the baby up. I'm like, oh my God, my back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and I get up, I slap at myself because my toes crack, my knees crack. I'm like, I'm 24. It only, I don't want to be a just waiter, but I'm going to be a just waiter. Just wait. You hit your 30s and you're just like, what the hell is going on? So I think that's where, Jenna, I love what you said though. It's like movement for range of motion, movement for Mm -hmm. longevity. The longer we move, the more we move, the longer we will be able to move. And, and you know, how Maya wrapped it with a bow of like finding things that you genuinely enjoy. Like when I go to yoga class, I leave there and I'm like, this was the best hour of my life. And so like knowing that in yoga, that's so funny because then your husband is the biggest yogi ever. Um, (laughs) So I think it's important to know that like some people might like biking, running yoga, like it all looks just so different, so different. Well, Maya, where can our listeners find you and where can they get access to all of the amazing bar work bar empowered workouts that you have available? Super, super easy. I'm <laughs> empowered on um, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, um, YouTube, and then I believe bar empowered, or you, you might be able to search me by my name, my full name, Maya Marian Bryant on Facebook. And then the website is just barempowered.com. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with all of us. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod we promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next week for a lot more fun